What's up, dive team? Have you ever wondered what it's like to be an underwater welder or commercial diver? If so, you have taken a jump into the right podcast. You're listening to Break Down the Dive, where I, your host, Blake Riddle, share my own personal experiences as a working commercial diver, as well as break down my industry for those interested or intrigued. So with that said, let's splash. Welcome to the show, guys, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Break Down the Dive's second episode. Today's topic of choice is going to be ship husbandry. Today's show is sponsored by Hanging Let Apparel. Beneath the swell is where we dwell. So make sure to go ahead on Instagram, follow them, like them. The Instagram tag is hanging underscore lead. Be sure to always keep a lookout for awesome content that is always being posted. And make sure to pick up your brand new hanging lead tank top coming this summer. We have six bullet points uh, within today's episode. The first one is what is ship husbandry? The second one, challenges that come with midwater work. The third, what types of jobs are within ship husbandry? The fourth, what is my personal favorite type of job within ship husbandry? The fifth, and the importance of ship husbandry. And the sixth, places that you get to travel while doing ship husbandry. To start it off, for those who do not know, ship husbandry is any work that is done uh, on or under a ship for repair, maintenance, and upkeep. This type of work is done on boats as well as ships. Boats are vessels that are under 197 feet or 60 meters, and ships are uh, vessels that are above 197 feet or 60 meters. Generally speaking, the work is pretty much the same from ships to boat. The main differences between boats and ships is primarily the size of the equipment that you're working on. Like the rudders are much, much larger on ships, obviously, as well as the propellers and bow thrusters. But the work is somewhat the same. In regards to ships, it's very vital that the repairs that are being done or maintenance is completed in a very timely fashion. Ships make their money when they're transporting cargo. When they are at dock, they're not making any money. So whatever you're doing, whether it's an inspection, a shell plating repair, uh, a propeller polish, you're on a time stamp. You have a very limited amount of time to complete the job. So you could be doing anything from hole cleans to transducer exchanges to pintle readings on the rudder to, uh, like I said earlier, shell plating repairs, doubler installs, bow thruster inspections, as well as extractions, seal exchanges. The list goes on and on. These jobs require a lot of planning. Uh, you have to really know what you're doing before you get in the water. So schematics, blueprints, any information that you can acquire from the ship before entering the water is very vital. You're really depending on your supervisor to lead you to the location of the job. Um, you need to be able to perform regardless of the visibility. And you could be doing this type of uh, dive in a place like Hawaii, which obviously would make that job that much easier. But when you have to do the same job in, say, Louisiana, where you can't see your hand in front of your face, you're still required to perform. So there's a lot of things that you can do when you have good visibility to train yourself to work better and more successfully in bad visibility. And these things I'm speaking of are basically a ship is built obviously by steel. We all know this. The weld seams on these ships are a grid. So when you're swimming alongside of a ship, 
you can utilize the weld seams to kind of get you where you need to go. But before going into the water, you have to know which direction is forward, which direction is aft, which direction is port, and which direction is starboard. Once you know these things, you can then enter the water with your eyes closed and utilizing the weld seams and painting a picture consistently in your mind of what direction you're swimming. Another key factor is the equalizing that you have to do while descending and ascending. I have to utilize the nose clearing device inside my Kirby Morgan 17B to be able to clear. I'm not able to do it without the nose clearing device. I know certain divers that are able to actually clear their ears with just a simple movement of the jaw or a yawn. But for me, I actually can count, I'll count how many times I'm clearing. So if I'm descending to say 35 feet, I know that about every three to five feet, I start to feel a pressure change. So even in poor visibility, I'm kind of knowing how far down from the surface I'm descending by how many times I'm having to clear. And as well as when you start to ascend, you'll feel the pressure change you release. You feel that pressure in your ears starting to release and you can count how many times and you know how many kicks you're making. And these things takes time to get good at, but it will really be the difference of you finding the component that you're looking for or not finding it. And you really have to train and hone those skills in moments of clear visibility so that when those bad dives or those bad viz dives come, you're prepared. And going into our second topic, which is challenges that come with underwater uh, ship husbandry, it those things are uh, very vital to be able to master. Certain other challenges that you will come in contact with are things such as midwater work, which is all ship husbandry. You have to swim all of your tools to the job and back to the job. This includes your welding leads. If you're having to do welding, it includes your hydraulic hoses, your air pneumatic hoses, uh, hammers, wrenches, you name it. You have to swim it all there. So I recommend either magnets or a lot of carabiners that you can carry on your person, tool bags, all of this stuff. It's very important that you don't drop anything because depending on what you're working on, it could be the only thing that the ship has and it's your job not to drop it, but to install it. So tool bags uh, from Tough Gear, they are a great uh, manufacturer of dive tool bags, harnesses, you name it, they've got it. Uh, they're based out of Louisiana, by the way, if you're interested in per uh, purchasing something from them. Um, but if you're doing, say, a welding, welding job, uh, utilizing dogs or pad eyes or anything that you have available to you to be able to hang stuff off of, so you better know your knots, um, that really changes the game when you know how to tie a knot regardless of the visibility. Clove hitches, rolling hitches, bowling on a bite, these things uh, really make or break your dive, um, especially when you're working on flat bottom. You have to think outside the box when doing ship husbandry. You have to really think, you know, how can I get leverage? I'm trying to break a bolt, say, on a sea chest. So what can I tie to? You know, what can I use within my environment to make my life and my job much easier and more efficient? So thinking outside the box in ship husbandry and in general in commercial diving, because 
you're in zero gravity. And when you're doing midwater work, you are in zero gravity and are having to, you know, weld on the flat bottom of a ship. A couple tricks of the trade uh, for that situation. A five-gallon bucket could save your, your, uh, your legs, save your energy by utilizing the five-gallon bucket when doing any sort of welding on flat bottom. All you got to do is take the five-gallon bucket, bring it down to the flat bottom of the ship, flip it right side, I'm sorry, upside down. Flip it upside down so the bottom of the bucket is at the bottom of the ship. Fill the bucket with air. Now you have something that has some pull up against the flat bottom, and then all you can do, all you have to do is run your welding lathe through the bucket handle. And utilizing that bucket handle can take the strain of some of that welding lead that you've swam 200 feet away from the dive uh, station, whether it's a boat or on the pier, to really make your life easier when you're trying to hold the stinger and not the full weight of the welding lead that you just swam. Uh, dogs are other things that you can use, as well as pad eyes, depending on you know if it calls for it. But magnets are honestly one of the best things you can use. Magnets... Uh, like 300 pound pull, 500 pound pull magnets. You can get them on Amazon. They really change the game. They make your life much, much easier, especially when you're dealing with places with current uh, offshore of Huntington Beach here. The current gets pretty, pretty rough when you're trying to do an inspection and places like the Mississippi River. Um, you know, you got to be prepared. It's all about being prepared. Other challenges that you'll face are working with hydraulic equipment, on say even a propeller which is one of the first jobs that you'll be doing as a entry-level diver doing ship husbandry work propeller polishes and inspections working with hydraulics are quite challenging when you're not used to it especially when you're in of course zero gravity so utilizing uh strain reliefs to be able to tie your your hydraulic hose off to say the rope guard or an anode that is you know a good 15 feet away from the propeller all you got to do is you know give yourself about 25 30 feet of slack and then tie the rest of that hydraulic hose off and there you go now you're not carrying the full weight of the hydraulic hose you're making your life much easier you're going to be able to perform longer because ship husbandry is done in very typical shallow water you're doing shallow water diving you're diving between the depths of say 40 to you know 20 feet and in some cases you might be above 20 feet so you're in for quite some time. Your, you know, U.S. Navy dive tables with uh, uh, 20 foot, obviously, everyone knows, is unlimited. You could be there all day. So depending on if the supervisor requires and needs you to be down there performing the work, sometimes you're down there for four to six, seven hours. And you got to think, you know, how can I preserve my energy? So it's all about working smarter and not so much harder. But when the time calls for it, you got to work hard, Right. This is what this industry is. This isn't for the weak-minded, the weak links. This is rough work, and you got to be mentally strong as well as physically strong. The fourth, sorry, the third topic is the types of jobs, which we've kind of brushed over a little bit, but we'll get more involved with, say, let's do uh, thrusters. Thrusters is some of the most fun work that you can do in ship husbandry. A lot of mechanical uh, types of tasks that you're going to be doing. Um, it could be done in the wet or the dry, which would be in a habitat. Installing habitats is a lot of fun. You just got to know what you're doing. Um, a lot of rigging is involved, of course. Uh, when you say, for example, the 
ship is having issues with the pitching of their bow thruster blades. So there's a lot of things that could be wrong with it. Your, you know, supervisor or project manager will be able to, you know, identify the problem and then give you the instructions to be able to fix the problem by doing the job yourself with, say, another diver. And this is where it gets a lot of fun. You know, you get to undo a lot of bolts. You're using hydraulic high torques. You're using, you know, you're doing a lot of welding, especially in habitat work, obviously. Welding on steel doors on the bow thruster. Welding on your, you know, vertical pad eyes on the 12 o'clock position to be able to lift the blades. You got to be able to know how to rig. You know, you got to be able to know how to choke a sling. You know, this is basic things that you learned in dive school. And if, you know, you don't know how to do these things, then you're probably not going to be the one in the water. So ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. If you don't know, ask. Um, this is all about learning. This industry, we need people that can pick up the, the reins, if you will, so that the older guys can kind of slowly take a step back and let the younger guys take over and, and do the things that, you know, they went to school for. Um, I really believe in, in training uh, on the job with the new guys, really teaching these guys, you know, that are coming in right out of dive school. That's everything that uh, you possibly can because eventually you're going to get to a point where you don't want to have to get in the water all the time, right? You know, like if you're the guy who has to do all the work, then, you know, you're going to get exhausted, you're going to get burnt out. So the stronger team that you have, the better working conditions you'll be in, the better, you know, you'll feel. And, you know, I, I don't like working for certain companies where the guys really hoard information. I don't want to be one of those guys. Um, it, it makes things challenging for already it's you know our industry is already challenging and having someone teach you the right way to do things and is good and the person who's teaching shouldn't be scared of that person taking their job I've heard that before that they're afraid of losing their position because they're teaching someone else how to do it and they're fearing that that person might be better at it well you know what if that person's better at it than them then they should be either one working harder at getting better or two pick something else that they are better at. But the fact that you're teaching the younger guys how to do it is something that needs to be done consistently throughout the industry. But back to the bow thruster job that I was discussing, say the blade exchange, there's a lot of information that I can't share due to obvious reasons. But the mechanical work that you're doing in the bow thruster rooms are, are a lot of fun. I mean, you can be doing it topside inside the actual ship as well as outside in the tunnel and being able to have the skill sets to do the inside work as well as the, the diving work is really makes you a stronger diver. So the inside work could be things like, you know, disassembling the whole entire thruster component from the inside, all your hydraulic lines, all your electrical, your your L-drive, depending on the type of drive system that the thruster is operating on. Some operate on an L-drive system, some operate on a Z-drive system, and being able to disassemble and then reassemble these these items, is, is that's the fun work. You know, nobody wants to go and clean barnacles on a sea chest. Nobody. And I have not met a diver yet who enjoys that stuff. So... But you got to pay your dues. 
you got to pay your dues. You got to show that you're capable of first taking orders, regardless of how you know poor the situation is or how shitty the work is. Um, unless obviously it's it's deemed unsafe. Every single person on the job site has the all stop work authority. Remember that. Always remember that. But that you can't be always the guy that's calling the all stop because if you know if you're the one calling wolf, they're gonna kick you off the job. So don't be that guy. But use common sense. So depending on you know the the work that you're doing, you got to be able to take orders and follow instructions. And, you know, when they start to see that this guy is following the instructions, he's completing the work, he's doing it efficiently, he's not dropping anything, regardless of the visibility, that's when you're going to be able to start getting more involved in the, the technical work. And that's when this job starts becoming a lot more fun. You start making more money, you start traveling because the ships require these big repairs all across the world. And which really brings us into our next topic, which is going to be the places that you get to travel while doing ship husbandry anybody who's watching or listening to this you are able to go onto the app store and download uh, the marine traffic app you can i think it's about 4.99 you know it's just a one-time purchase it's not a monthly thing but it will show you every single ship that is currently live it will show you every single ship that is live on schedule uh that's all across the world. It will show you every single cruise ship, where it's at, the size of the ship, pictures of the ship, you know, uh, what its uh, draft is, uh, if it's at anchor or if it's making way. It will show you all these things. And the amount of ships that you will see will blow your mind. It will really open up your, your mind to how many ships there are. Because there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ships and every single one of these ships require repair maintenance upkeep and they are in locations all across the world singapore new zealand japan you know hong kong iceland panama brazil you name it ships are everywhere this is the best way to get uh, products and cargo from one country to the next it's the most efficient way that is currently available to us and it will be for a long long a lot longer than we're probably going to be alive so this job will take you places to exotic locations it'll take you to some shitty locations probably just as many times as it'll take you to the exotic locations with covid the cruise ships have obviously ceased and stopped uh, all production and all cruises for quite some time now so the exotic location diving has kind of been a little bit you know slim i would say uh because of those reasons but when things start to get back to normal and they will the cruise ships are going to be in need of a lot of repairs because they've been sitting for quite some time they haven't been maintenance for like they used to be because these cruise ships they move more than most ships because of their consistency with, with cruises, obviously. So the cruise ships really require a lot more upkeep. And when a ship sits, it collects a lot of growth. So you have a lot of ships that need to be cleaned. They're not doing their repairs and maintenance on schedule anymore because of COVID. All they're trying to do is save money. So when everything starts to get back to normal again, these ships are going to need a lot of work. So if you're interested in becoming a commercial diver and you want to travel, 
Right now is probably a good time to get involved in ship husbandry. Get on with a good company, show your worth, work hard, work smart, and you'll eventually be able to go to places like Tahiti, Fiji, Vanuatu, you know, you name it. And the, sh the cruise ships go to all the cool spots. You know, I've been able to go to Bermuda. I've been able to go to Fiji, Tahiti, uh, Vanuatu also. Uh, I mean, Iceland was another location I was able to go to. Granted, it was cold. Water was clear, though. So, you know, it's, it's quite a lifestyle. Sometimes you really get to feel like you're a rock star. You get onto the ship, you know, the ship's broken. Passengers don't, don't know that it's broken, but all they see is a bunch of divers showing up with all their equipment and they got to think, you know, Oh, something's broken. And they're, they're, you know, we're there fixing it. We fix it in a timely manner. The ship gets to set sail and every single person on that, on that cruise ship is grateful that, you know, you were able to show up and, and fix their fix their ship but you know at the same time you do get your time off in those locations so you know i like to surf so either one i'm looking for a place to be able to rent a surfboard or two i'm looking you know i bring my surfboard you know if you don't surf there's plenty of other activities you can do obviously hiking you know i like to go rock climbing as well you know you find these locations prior to going to them and you bring your you know equipment that you want to use you know people have gone skydiving in hawaii shortly after a job you know, obviously you're making sure that your dive tables aren't going to affect that. But, you know, these are things that you're able to do on your on your free time. And you're getting paid to be able to go to these places and do this stuff. So I think ship husbandry is one of the most unique types of dive work because you have the ability to be able to travel and go to these exotic locations and do these cool activities. You know, I mean, I've been able to go offshore as well. And work in the Gulf of Mexico on these drill rigs and live on board these ships for you know about a month and a half or so and dive on the same <clears throat> ships and, and rigs that the offshore divers are diving on granted the work is a lot different you know I'm not working on the ocean floor on pipelines and and jackets and you know but I'm, I'm still working in the Gulf I'm, I'm doing thruster extractions and and weld jobs you know so it really has a lot of variety is really what the point I could say is, is the variety of work is, is large and it makes you a very skilled diver to be able to successfully complete mid water work like that. Cause working on bottom, I'm not, not to say it's not hard cause I know for a fact it is, but being a strong swimmer who can work on flat bottom or on, on bottom is, is, you know, that much stronger. So, you know, we're all want to be a Swiss army knife. We all want to be a Swiss army knife when it comes to diving. And if you can do both, more companies are going to want you. Um, my personal favorite place that I've been to, it's a hard one. It's a very hard one. I've been to a lot of cool places, but most likely it's going to be a place that I've surfed at, which is, I'd say Tahiti. Tahiti was by far... Yeah, I don't know by far, but it was it's up there. It's it's probably my favorite. You know, being able to dive in Tahiti on a cruise ship doing a doubler install, you know, welding in perfect clear water where you're diving a basically trunks and coveralls and you know, you get to see all the tropical fish and you're standing there on the on the pier ready to jump in. It's like 85, 90 degrees with like 90% humidity. You know, the last, you know, the, what you want to do is get in the water. Like you want to get in the water now and then you get in the water and it's just as warm. 
So, you know, free flow that hat. That's all you're doing. Free flowing, free flowing, trying to keep the air condition going. And, you know, after the job, you finish, you get out, and I'm going back to my hotel, grabbing my board and going right back in the water and surfing for three to five, six hours, you know, because the waves are so good. Just you're living, it's living the dream. You're living the dream. And getting paid to do it is a whole nother thing. And, and this was my avenue for being able to travel to these cool locations and surf because, you know, I wanted to surf professionally at one point in my life. And, you know, the dedication that it took, not to say I didn't want that, it was more so a decision of surfing is my escape. Surfing is, is what I go to when I need a break, when I don't want to think about anything else. And if you create surfing as your career, it really eventually becomes something else entirely it, it doesn't become your escape it becomes work you know it becomes this is what i got to do and and for those that are professionally surfing there you know some people are oh, that's that's how they think and that's how they want to do things and more power to them we need people like that in those in the sports uh field you know but for me personally i was like you know what i, I want it to be my escape and that's all i want it to be so how else can i travel the world and surf in exotic locations and be around the ocean this is it right here ship husbandry by far is probably the best decision i made to be able to do and go to these places so the importance of ship husbandry would be the next and final topic the importance of ship husbandry it's it's very vital that these ships are consistently being fixed consistently being serviced and maintained there are a lot of you know small businesses here in la all across the united states and all across the world that require and need products that are coming from point a and going to point b and as a commercial diver who does ship husbandry it's your job to make sure that these ships are functioning correctly and you have a huge team available to you to make sure that that is being completed and you know you have your dive supervisor, you got your tenders, you got your engineers, you got your project managers, and then on board the ships, you have your chief engineers, you have your assistant engineers, you have electrical engineers, and everybody on board these ships are all aiming for the same goal. And it's to bring these products and cargo from one place to the next so that, you know, Joe Schmo, who just started his, his small business here in Los Angeles, gets the products that he ordered, you know, from China or from you know, wherever the case may be. And, you know, it's, it's really cool and awesome to be able to work on these ships and know that you're serving a, a larger purpose than just a simple dive underneath a ship to go take some photos. It, it really brings pride into your work because you know that without the work that you are doing, you know, like the ship is not going to be able to leave the port. The Coast Guard has restrictions. There's things that the ship has to present to the Coast Guard stating that the ship is safe to travel. And they're relying on your skill set as a commercial diver to inform and repair and inspect their ship to make sure that it's safe. And then the Coast Guard decides, you know, yay or nay. And, you know, you don't want to make mistakes in this in this industry it happens it does happen but you need to be able to be vocal about it you know you have to be able to admit when you've mess, made a mistake 
and as a team you guys come together and then you know readjust and make the change to make sure that it's it's no longer a mistake and it's a it's a learning lesson and then you be able, you get to move on and don't worry every single diver has made mistakes every single diver has dropped something every single diver has gotten lost under wherever he's diving this this these are normal things this is not you know you're not the only one that feels like you know i can't swim out a ship or i i can't swim out a seawall because i get lost from you know swimming up and down or whatever the case may be so always know that you know you're not the only one and you have a dive team available to you to be able to rely on and make sure that all you guys are working safe and efficiently so this is probably going to be one experience for you if you decide to go into ship husbandry it will probably be one of your favorite types of diving honestly from just speaking from my own personal experience it was my per my personal favorite i've done a lot of different kinds of work i've done uh you know salvage work i've done altitude diving i've done penetration diving i've done uh you know reservoir type diving it's you know it, pipeline work as well i've done in certain locations and in you know in all honesty ship husbandry is is i think one of the most most challenging and most rewarding types of dive work and with that i'm going to end it so tune in next uh next week hopefully to listen in on the next episode thanks for listening